Thought Bubble Audio. Oh, is that me? That's me. Uh, yeah, it's you when you're ready. Okay. <laughs> I was like staring lovingly at a picture of the cast of Mamma Mia and not <laughs> paying attention. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, hi, I'm Kirsty. And I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. <laughs> Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people who might have it all. Oh, we have it all this week, folks. <laughs> we have it all. We, we are finally two women who found two movies that gave us all. Oh, that didn't it, work. <laughs> it it kind of did, though. <laughs> oh, man. So we engaged in what I think may be the truest spirit of Hate Watch, and we watched Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. <laughs> it was delightful. <laughs> this was like one of the best things that's happened to me in a while. I had such a good time that I hate watched Mamma Mia, the first one, twice in like two months. You know... I was, I, we're going to get into it, but I was shocked at your reaction to the first one. In what sense? <laughs> uh, I just didn't think it would be your shit. It turned out to be very much my shit. <laughs> it was a thousand percent your shit. <laughs> so... <laughs> This movie, the first movie and I go way, way back. I have, like, a very long relationship with it. Um, when I was in high school, I was in chorus. I was a chorus mm-hmm. geek. And uh, our fall concerts, we always did, like, you know, choral arrangements. And our spring concert, we always did a medley from a musical. Mm-hmm. So the year that this movie came out, we did the medley for Mamma Mia!, You didn't tell me this part. I know. I've been saving this story. (laughs) (laughs) So for an entire semester, every morning at 8 a.m., I was in the chorus room singing these fucking songs for like an hour. This was how I started my day when I was like 17 every day for like four months. (laughs) Um, so then, so I had a couple of friends who were in my chorus class who were, like, my besties, and, uh, so it became, like, (laughs) our songs. (laughs) Like, Dancing Queen was, like, our song. Sure. So we, uh, we went to see the movie when it came out, obviously, and (laughs) I... I legitimately almost got us kicked out of the theater because I couldn't stop laughing for the first 20 minutes. And then Dancing Queen happens in the first 20 minutes and I just lost my goddamn mind. Like, I literally had strangers, like, kicking my seat and telling me with words to be quiet. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) And then I, this movie for a long time... (laughs) I build it as my favorite movie. <coughs> Excuse me. And then I kind of boxed it all up and put it away because it was too pure. Sure. So when I watched this last week, it was the first time since I was in high school. And how did it feel? I had the exact same reaction. To it. <laughs> my infant child was asleep on me and I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I was, like, holding her head against my stomach so that her head wouldn't, like, bobble around <laughs> and wake her up. <laughs> I mean, is there any other re- way to react to this movie? God, I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> so I only first saw this movie in July. Was it that long ago? Yeah. Because 
I was on a work trip in a dark place in the DFW area (laughs) at a hotel that had no windows that opened and pumped in, like, weird oxygen like it was a casino. Yikes. It was a whole thing. Uh, It had an indoor river. Nope. (laughs) So I was miserable and I was there for so long. So goddamn long. So long. And we were talking about Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Yeah. And like how we might have to hate watch it. And then you told me that story. And like on my last night there, I was just like, fuck it. I'm getting beer. I'm staying in my hotel room and I'm going to watch Mamma Mia. And it was... (laughs) incredible (laughs) it was such a good night it was like exactly what my soul needed (laughs) it's so pure it's It's so pure and so good so good so good it's my perfect level of camp yeah and you know i learned something else from watching these two movies what's that i might like abba same (laughs) I'm not gonna say I didn't have a moment on Spotify I know right (laughs) I was was like where's that private session okay now (laughs) (laughs) my mom was over last night and uh to make dinner for us and we got to talking about I don't even know how it came up, but we got to talking about it. And I was like, yo, I think Abba might be good. And she just kind of like peered <laughs> over from the stove over her shoulder and gave me a look. And I was like, it's the worst. It's just so bad. But the good way. It is the good way. And she was like, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> Oh, no. I have one more anecdote for you before we actually get into, like, the meat of these movies. Okay. Okay. Um, do you remember the A-teens? I do. Uh, for those of you out there who don't remember, they were the teenage children of ABBA. They were their Hold children, on. right? I didn't know that. I just knew they existed. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that? No! I'm pretty sure they were their children. If they weren't their children, the whole point was that they were, like, a ripoff of ABBA. They were their... Are you sure? I'm looking it up right now because they may not have been their children. But (laughs) the point was that they were, like, teenagers pretending to be ABBA. Yes, Uh, they were. a Swedish pop music group from Stockholm formed by whoever as an ABBA tribute band. Oh. Okay, so they weren't their children. I thought this whole time that they were. It's a bummer. Starting so many rumors. <laughs> um, but anywho, so they were an ABBA cover band made of teenagers. And they would sell yes. their CDs on, like, commercials on TV, like you did in the 90s. I saw the A-teens in concert at the fair. <laughs> they opened the for fair. Aaron Carter. Oh, that sounds about right. You better fucking believe at one point for one of the songs, they wore white sparkly jumpsuits. Yeah, they did. That was like their (laughs) album cover, wasn't it? I think so. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that is just so amazing. That's my long storied history. (laughs) Without ABBA? With ABBA. That's wonderful. Um, so... Do we want to go movie by movie? Probably, right? Okay. Start us off with the original Mamma Mia. Do we need to do premise or do we just dive in? Probably do premise, right? Yeah, a little bit of premise never hurt anyone. Okay. I mean, I encourage everyone to go watch the goddamn movie. For the love of God, watch the fucking movie. (laughs) Do yourselves a favor. (laughs) Don't watch Little Italy. Definitely watch Mamma Mia. Yes. Um, Mamma Mia is the first one is (laughs) uh it takes place in greece on this island and it's basically about a mother and a daughter and the daughter's getting married and she never knew who her father was and so she decides to invite the three men who could be her father to her destination wedding in greece 
and a lot of reunions and memories and singing and wine coolers are had. Uh, the mom is Meryl Streep, and she has two friends who come who are part of her original band. <laughs> and they are a trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, what else is there? Choreographed, like, beach dancing. Yep. Uh, hijinks. So many hijinks. <laughs> I mean, it's like 95% Amanda Seyfried? Yeah. What, is that her last name? Um, yeah. Like, staring longingly into some rando's eyes and talking about how she needs to know who she is. Yeah. That's then, a lot like, of that. Meryl Streep waving her hands about eccentrically. Right. With overalls on. Yeah. And wild, but, like, great hair. Oh, her hair is so good. She's, like, the epitome of, like, that one carefree hippie mom. Yeah. Maybe not everybody had one of those in their friend group. But someone out there, you definitely did. Who, like... Uh, you know, inexplicably was able to support her family, even though she didn't have a job, but was sort of vaguely an artist. Yep. Yeah. She was like that. Exactly. The cool mom who was always like, it's safer if the kids drink at home with me. (laughs) (laughs) That one. That one. And we also get to meet the three men, which is maybe my favorite part. Oh, it's so good. Both movies, actually. There's it's so my favorite. much that this movie does so goddamn well. Um, we get bumbling Colin Firth, mm-hmm. who's always been bumbling Colin Firth. Mm-hmm. So he just takes it up a notch somehow. It's just lawless. Uh, and he's not, he's definitely gay, right? Yeah. Okay. So he doesn't even, he's not here for a rekindling of his romance, but he's yeah. just here here to be here. There's he's, the most mid-2000s, like, coming out under false pretenses scene. Yep. Yep. And he, do, he doesn't know he's coming out because it's like a sitcom misunderstanding, but then at the end of the movie he comes out anyway. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. Like, the mid-2000s were just fucking lit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not mean. No, it's not mean. It's it's just like it's it's like, like cringy. Yeah. But politely. Um, right. And then there's Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> I can't even talk about it without laughing. He's really there for love. My favorite part of this entire journey, this is like a slight spoiler for the B segment, was <laughs> When Kelsey was in the beginning scenes of Mamma Mia, here I, here we go again. And she just sends me a text that says, Pierce Brosnan is back on his bullshit. <laughs> I just love him. So good. I've never loved him before, but this movie just took me to a new place. Yeah. Um. So he's here for love. And then there's... One of the Swedish guys, there's like four of them. One of the Sarsgards, I think. Hold on. Stellan Sarsgard? Maybe? I don't know. They're all related. Hold on. We can make this happen. Kiersey can make this happen. (laughs) Stellan. I was right! Yeah. So he's just like a sailor who's just here for a good time. And maybe some romance, but he's, like, less bumbling, but still crazy. He's sort of, like, emotionally vacant. Yeah. But he's a good time. Mm-hmm. They're all a good time. And them together is my favorite thing in the whole world. Like, oh, I it's the absolutely, best movie. Yeah, I want that whole movie. Which is kind of the second movie, but... Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, what do you got? Are there any, like, highlights? I don't know. Highlights. Um, the, the thing about this movie is the patriarchy. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of people back on their bullshit. (laughs) It's like the hate watch of this drinking game. Like, how long can we make it into any given episode before Kirstie drops the P-bomb? Yep. Um, 
so the entire plot of this movie is that Sophie is getting married and Sophie needs a dad. So she's got this like badass mom who raised her completely alone on this godforsaken island and like started a business while she was at it. And they're like very close and have a very good relationship. And yet she needed a dad to get married. She's like, who's going to walk me down the aisle? Oh, my God. Like, 90% of this movie is just, like, her creating sitcom hijinks because she keeps letting each dad promise to walk her down the aisle and then Mm -hmm. realizes that she's let three dads promise to walk her down the aisle. (laughs) And they don't know about each other yet. Right. And then she, like, kind of tries to call off her wedding. And then that turns into a whole thing. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Just be like the title of the episode. <laughs> anyway, carry on. <laughs> and then at the very end, like at the last fucking second, like... The entire 400-person wedding procession has walked up this, like, 10-mile cliff. Ugh. And Sophie is, like, back on the island crying about all her dads. And that's the moment that she's like, oh, mom. Yep. What if you walked me down the aisle? What if? (laughs) Remember how I created this whole bullshit drama and now everyone's mad at me? What if you walked me down the aisle? Yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (sighs) But my favorite thing about it, I'm gonna spoil, is that they just decide that they're all her dad and everyone's (laughs) like, sure! (laughs) Yeah, all three of them are just like, do you want a DNA test, Sophie? And she's like, nah. And they're like, cool, we'll co-parent you. (laughs) So good. <laughs> good, 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 good. Even though it's like painfully obvious that Pierce Brosnan is clearly the father. Yes. There's also a point when she has her bachelorette party that her three fathers are like the objects of the bachelorette party, and I was uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I don't want any of my friends trying to get with any of my three dads at my <laughs> bachelorette party. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, all three of her dads can get it. They sure can. I'm not (laughs) questioning that. (laughs) I mean, maybe you'd feel differently about it if you'd only met each of your three dads 12 hours before. That's true. Maybe. I mean, the most time she spent with them was when she hid them in her hayloft. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's one of my favorite parts. part of that section of the movie is when Meryl Streep starts singing Mamma Mia and she's just rolling around on the roof of the hayloft in her overalls. (laughs) Meryl Streep does more physical comedy in this movie. (laughs) It's incredible. (laughs) Um, Speaking of, should we do like a little breakdown of Dancing Queen? (laughs) Yes. Oh dear God. Yes, please. I forget how it starts. Oh, she it's right after the hayloft. Yeah, so she's just discovered she's that all three of her baby daddies are here. And so she, as a young woman on the island, met each of the three guys. Uh, In the course of, like, two a weeks. A day and a half. Sure. Boned down with each of them. Was, like, super in love with Pierce Brosnan. But then he mysteriously, after, like, three days, was, like oh, whoops, gotta go back to wherever I'm from. Yeah. And then she reads his diary and discovers that he's engaged. So then she's heartbroken. This is spoilers for Mamma Mia, here we go again. They say it in the the first one. Mm, I don't know. They say it. It was news to me. (laughs) Nope, they say it in the first one. All right. So she reads his diary and discovers that he's engaged. Because remember Meryl Streep and Pierce Brosnan then have that whole fight where she's like, you left me for a woman And he's like, I broke it off with her as soon as I got back. I never married. I was always in love with you. 
Oh, I do remember. That's Don't the you whole worry. climax in the church. <laughs> he sings in that scene, so I remember He's... it vividly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um. <laughs> I don't know why that's broken me. <laughs> because there's so much about it that I never expected. <laughs> don't expect him to sing. And then it, he does it. <laughs> and it sounds the way it does. Simultaneously, not enough auto-tune in the world. And also, like, thank the Lord above that they didn't auto-tune him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It broke me. (sighs) Anyway, Dancing Queen. Sorry, I had to fan myself a little. I had to get some air. Um, So... Uh, so, yeah, so then she slept with the other guys because she was heartbroken about what's-his-face. Um, and so that's why she doesn't know who the father is, because it was, like, a lot going on. Yeah. Um, so, whew. Um, so she sees all these men in her hayloft, and... So she's seen all the men in her hayloft, and she's, like, pouting in her room, because she hasn't seen any of these men since they all slept together, because, you know, the drama. Right. And she's um, trying to figure out how to get them off the island before the wedding because she doesn't know that Sophie invited them. So she's worried that they have come to ruin the wedding to get back at her for sleeping with them and something. Yeah. So her friends are trying to distract her from kicking them off the island Mm -hmm. and make her feel better. So they just start pulling tutus out of (laughs) trunks and singing dancing (laughs) jumping on the bed and they jump on the bed in slow-mo and then they are so overcome with the joy of the universe that they begin dancing down the dirt road to the beach with like a train of people all of the greek women who are (laughs) beaten down by the drudgery of their lives watch the procession of dancing queens (laughs) <laughs> and they are so overcome with the joy of the universe <laughs> that they drop their bundles of twigs on the side of the road and they dance down the road with them. <laughs> and oh. then, like, the three characters and then, like, 400 extras <laughs> land on this dock that's essentially the port of the island and do the most bare, minimalist, stark <laughs> choreographed number (laughs) that I think I've ever seen a chorus line do. (laughs) And then after they finish with a pose, they cannonball into the ocean and everybody has a good laugh. This was the exact point at the movie of the movie that I understood how many wine coolers were consumed during the making of this movie. (laughs) I would... I would love to have been the person on set who had to have, like, some kind of blood alcohol content reader. (laughs) My favorite detail, it's, like, almost Easter egg level, is, um, what's her face? The the short-haired friend. Yeah. Um, she's an important actress with a name that everyone cares about. Julie Walters. Walter? No, no, no. Yeah. No, she's the Bob. Yes. Christine Brinsky. Oh, she's not. Oh, short haired, not short person. Yes. I missed that detail. I mean, that is who the other one is. Yeah. The other one also has short hair, but her, that's not what I was trying to describe. Anywho, she has this like teal tutu. Mm-hmm. And in every shot of her, she's wearing it on a different part of her body. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> so for a while, it's around her shoulders, like like almost like feathers. And then uh, it's around her shoulders like a poncho. And then it's around her waist. And then it sort of moves progressively down her hips until it's around her calves like a mermaid dress. Oh, no. 
And I just love the dedication to the character. Because if you think about how film production happens, yeah, each of those cuts was a different shoot. And so in each of those moments, she chose to put that tutu on a different part of her body. <laughs> she sure did. She said, you know, what would my character do as she sings Dancing Queen <laughs> en route to the dock? Oh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. My other favorite moment in this movie is the skillful, skillful deployment of Take a Chance on Me. Oh, God. So good. Which is just the other friend. Yep. Drinking at the bar on their property, presumably. Yep. With at the hotel. Yeah, with Swedish Sailor. And she just says, if you change your mind, I'll be first in line. (laughs) And it's incredible. (laughs) That's all you get and it's all you need. Um, So that song also holds a place in my heart because my chorus only had three guys in it for the entire tenor and bass section. Sounds about right for a high and, school course. Yeah. And the the men's line was just take a chance on me, chanted really low over and over and over again. So just right. imagine three really like lean skinny boys <laughs> chanting that on loop for a solid three minutes. Oh. It was my friend's ringtone for like two years. That's amazing. <laughs> oh wow. um, the other thing that I love about this movie is that, uh, so the daughter has two friends and they're like a friend group. And then the mother has two friends and they're like a friend group. Cause you know, they like, they parallel each other. Right. And they each have their own signature handshakes. <laughs> That's when you said that we should have ours. I'm so upset that we do not currently have a signature handshake. We're going to work on that. Yeah. We gotta. Who would even know that you're friends without a signature handshake? Seriously, if you don't have a girl band name and a girl band chant, are you even a girl band? <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> um, do you have other things from this movie? Should we... The last thing I want to say is Sky, her husband... Well, we didn't talk about the climax of the movie. No, we didn't. Holy shit. <laughs> We didn't talk about SOS. Um, so, casually, they don't get married, but Meryl Streep and Pierce Brosnan do. They do. What? <laughs> it's um, the rom-com we deserved. The rom-com we absolutely deserve. So, um, anyway, Sky, her husband, or Hollister boyfriend. model. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. He was the epitome of, like, the 2008 Pretty Boy. And he was, yes. like, it's so amazing how much that um, archetype did not age well. Mm-mm. He sucks. He's the worst. He's such a drip. Yeah. He has no fun at all. No. He's having the least fun on But he this, has an accent like, and, like, a puka shell necklace. Yeah. So, close enough. <laughs> all right now we can move on to the second movie okay i'm gonna save both credit sequences for the end of this episode okay 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 um so then fast forward like what eight years quite a few years no more than that 10 years i think so yeah and here we are and here we go again here we go again (laughs) yeah so Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again is sort of different, mainly in that Donna is dead. Which I somehow missed. I followed the coverage when this movie came out very closely, and I did not know that Donna was super dead. (laughs) She, yeah, she is. And so they spend a lot of this movie doing flashbacks to young Donna. Mm Mm-hmm. 
when she meets the three fathers. Yep. And she still has her three friends, and you know that because they have the same haircuts mm-hmm. as they do in the first movie. Well, because obviously you lock in your look at 18, and then you don't change for the next, like, 65 years. I mean, I'm not going to say that I did that, but it's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Well played. <laughs> um, so it's a parallel story between young Donna in the Dick Rocks in the past, and her daughter, who's still, like, generically with Hollister Model. Yep. uh, And she's trying to revamp the hotel in Greece and have a big, like, reopening in her mom's, like, honor. Yep. So it's all centered around the big opening party. Um, the way I described it to Kelsey, because this one's, like, kind of complicated coming right off of Mamma Mia because they're tonally very different. Mm-hmm. But also, like, not. Um, And I was super nervous about this movie when it came out because I think the first Mamma Mia became a cult favorite because it was a hate watch, but I don't think they knew that when they filmed it. Right. But they certainly knew it when they filmed this one. And like so the story of a Christmas prince too. I was just going to say engagement. I'm pulling all your jokes. I didn't even know you're going to make them. It's the Christmas prince too dilemma is exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay because now we can package that as a media theory. We can. <laughs> <laughs> Where now the producers and writers and everybody involved are aware of its, like, hate watch status, and that awareness inherently changes the product. And so the question is, can it be a hate watch if you film it intending for it to be a hate watch? With the budget behind it. Right. They had a much bigger budget for this one. You can tell from all the drone shots. Drone shots, fireworks. Yep. Um, But the way I described it to Kelsey was that the first one is, like, a classic hate watch, like, cut and dry. But this one's, like, an artisanal hate watch. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's curated for your hate watch pleasure. (laughs) Yeah. Although, young Donna was the Sophie Skelton of this movie. You know, I thought she did, like, a decent job. I mean, can you imagine being hired to emulate Meryl Streep? No, I can't. But she just irritated the shit out of me. In this, and I think it's <laughs> it's not that she did a bad job. It's that her characterization was so much like fucking Brianna. Oh, yes. Agreed. And she annoyed the shit out of me based on that. Every episode can be an Outlander episode if you try hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, we didn't have intermission. We'll do that later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back. It's an Easter egg at the end. <laughs> um, I think the biggest problem with the characterization of young Donna is that, like, because she's being set up to explain how she ended up sleeping with three dudes in, like, a day. Yeah. She's, like, played up too much to be an object of desire. Yeah. And it, like, it gets really old to, like see her being, like, flirtatious and sexy and, like, holding her body like a Victoria's Secret model in literally every scene. It's like, you can be a person sometimes. No, you can't. You can be a sex object a lot of the time, and you can be a person sometimes, and those two (laughs) things work in tandem. Wow. (laughs) Um, well, my other beef with her and this story in general is that they don't effectively sell me on the basic premise that their band was famous slash popular slash like good at their job. Well, I always thought from the first movie, which this movie confirmed that it wasn't that they were like famous. It was just that I, I mean, it was basically that like we have a podcast. See, I thought at least like some people knew them. Like they were one hit wonders. Oh, gotcha. No, I always had the impression that it was just, like, three chicks who liked hanging out, singing ABBA. 
in jumpsuits. But see, when in this movie, when she's like, I always wanted to be one of Donna and the whatevers. Well, because she thought her mom was cool. But I'm just not buying it. There's something missing. (laughs) Well, there's a lot missing. (laughs) Fair, 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 fair. Fair. We don't even have time to talk about... What's the missing at plot <laughs> and the ways in which that was a very sad attempt. <laughs> I mean, the plot in both movies is just a fool's errand. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Can we talk about Dancing Queen? Yes, because we had different reactions to it. I had a reaction of delight. <laughs> uh, you had sent me something that Glenn had said about. The exact moment when Dancing Queen, like, enters upon Yeah, the I was film. trying to find it again. It's basically because they have budget now. <laughs> they have, like, seven ferry boats with flags and shit on them, and they have people dancing on every single one of them mm-hmm. for no reason other than that, like... They're doing it because it's Dancing Queen. (laughs) It's literally just there. And there's a moment when two of the dads are doing the Titanic on the boat. (laughs) (laughs) That was very good. It was very, very good. Also, Pierce sings Dancing Queen. He does. Which is maybe the only thing I've ever needed. Yeah. My issue with it wasn't the ultimate performance of Dancing Queen because, like, by the time they got to, like, the 10,000 ferry boats and, like, you know, the Titanic and whatnot, it really worked for me. And then they recreate, like, Sophie and Pierce Brosnan, like, running through the countryside and the Greek women dropping their drudgery to join in. And it's, like, nice in that sense. (laughs) My issue with it is their um, deployment of it. I'm okay with the execution of it. I just wish they had deployed it better. Like at a different time? Hey, not a different time even. Like, I think the middle of the movie was fine. I just think, like, it felt too much like, um, we're acting a scene and now it's Dancing Queen time. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) But wasn't it? Sophie and Pierce Brosnan are, like, having a heart-to-heart and then it's like, oh, we're gonna sing Dancing Queen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean this in the absolute most pure way. This was the gayest part of this whole movie. And I so loved true. it. <laughs> I was especially disappointed, though, not in the gayness, because that worked for me, but um, <laughs> because the way that they deployed Waterloo was so fucking good. Yeah, let's talk about that. That may have been, like, the best lead-in to a musical number that I've seen in a long time. <laughs> And that's in the past. Yes. Um, so that was uh, that was a flashback with Harry. Yeah. And uh, that's Colin Firth, so he's, like, bumbling and awkward. Also, they did such a good job of matching the young men. They did such a good job! That was when I texted you and said that there's so much that they're doing right in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They did that so well. Um... So, anyway, Harry and um, young Meryl are hanging out in Paris, and he's trying to convince her to sleep with him, and she's like, ah, nah. And then he's like, oh, I'm a virgin, and just want to get this over with. (laughs) And then he starts with Waterloo. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. It's so... Good. It's in a restaurant. And there's a lot of, like, side people being brought in for this number. Yep. It works the whole way through. The only thing that doesn't work about it is the actress that they got to play young Donna is, uh, her voice is, like, not strong enough Mm -mm. for that particular scene. No. Or for any of the songs, really. But, like, it really stands out in that one. Because the actor who plays young Harry, like, fucking nailed that song. He did. So good. Mostly everyone does with the help of autotune. But... Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but 
<laughs> I see, I know what you're saying. But Meryl, on the other hand, yeah, can I get think- it, and I didn't even know she could. <laughs> I think Waterloo was my favorite song of this movie, and Honey, Honey was my favorite song of the first movie. Mm. That was a good one, too. Yeah. But how could you not love S.O.S.? I fucking love that song. <laughs> I mean, honestly, find me an ABBA song <laughs> that I don't love. Fair. fair. Fair, 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 One thing that I heard about the second movie that Glenn Weldon actually, like, pointed out in his FAQ uh, is that the second movie was trying not to lean too heavily on the exact um, song list from the first movie. Mm, yeah. And so they pulled out a bunch of the, like, um, lame ABBA songs, right. like B-sides. And I was into it. There were some that I definitely did not enjoy in this one. Oh, yeah? Which ones? Like, every share one. Oh, yeah. I am going to be the unpopular opinion speaker here, but I got to speak you're, my You're truth. not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. Cher was not my favorite part of this movie, and it was, like, everyone else's favorite part. I just didn't care. Yeah. And I didn't need it. I feel like it fell into the same pit as the first movie, where it was like, we need more plots and more people. (laughs) But why do you need plot when you have Dancing Queen? (laughs) I don't know if it's just, like... They were trying to figure out uses for specific songs, and so they were like, oh, we need a side character so that we can put this song in. Well, what ultimately was the weirdest plot for me was uh, Amanda Seyfried, whatever whatever her character is, getting pregnant and being like, it's just like when my mom was pregnant at the same place, and that was it. Yep, that was the whole thing. (laughs) Just like we were once here at the same time for the same reason, I guess. <laughs> Speaking of deployment, that was well played. Thanks. <laughs> My favorite part though is that that's how she tells Sky that she's pregnant. Right. He's he's like, "What's wrong?" And she goes, "I've never felt closer to my mother than I do right now." <laughs> <laughs> or like and most women <laughs> at some point in their lifetime. <laughs> and he just kind of looks at her like she's bad shit, which mm-hmm. is fair. And she's like, she found out in the same place as me. And he again just looks at her and she's like, I'm pregnant. And like <laughs> grabs her abdomen. That's an actual <laughs> perfect deployment of that same line thank you i've had some practice Mm. yeah but she didn't get to live out every woman's dream no she did not Uh, i applaud that oh yeah she sure did young donna got to live every actress's dream yep of having a childbirth scene yep yeah it was very different than the one in nine months (laughs) There were definitely fewer hijinks, far more confident Greek women. Yeah. It reminded me actually more of uh, the childbirth scene between Jenny and Claire in Outlander. Yeah. But, like, for no reason, because there was modern medicine in, like, 1980. Yeah, but not, like, on an island in bumfuck Greece. So get off the goddamn island! I There's mean, a fairy, still, like, we know that. Eggs. God. She had to have her on the island because they only had each other. <laughs> oh no. Don't so you know, I... Kelsey? <laughs> Single mothers only have their children. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, speaking of children, I wrote one note just for you. <laughs> oh boy. It's made me laugh every time I've seen it. (laughs) I said, would Kirstie carry her kid up all those stairs for Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> uh, oh my god. stairs to get into my basement and every like six days I have to carry my kid down there <laughs> and every time I'm like this is how we're both gonna die <laughs> yeah because you don't just go up you gotta go down <laughs> you gotta go down <laughs> and you know that shit on that island wasn't built to code it was not <laughs> You know what my first thought was? When oh, what? she ascends those final couple stairs with her floppy-headed baby. <laughs> I just wanted to be like, you know that, like, the number two, like, cause, biggest cause of preventable death and injury in infants and toddlers <laughs> is their caregivers falling down the stairs while carrying them, right? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> The first biggest cause of preventable death and injury is misuse of car seats. And the second one is your <laughs> dumbass caregiver thinking that they could just casually carry you up and down the fucking stairs. Oh my god. It's for Jesus, your dumb soft head. It's for Jesus. <laughs> oh no. <sighs> Oh. Yeah, so that <laughs> happens. <laughs> that was worth it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, then we get Ghost Meryl. You know, I was pissed about Ghost Meryl. Because I waited the entire movie for her to not actually be dead. Oh, that would have been so good. I mean, I figured she was going to, like, come back in some form or another. Yeah. But I was really rooting for her to not actually be dead. Mm. And the first couple of cuts between Sophie and Meryl, Ghost Meryl, um, it almost looks like Sophie's going to look up and see her there. Yeah. Because they're playing you. They are. And then... it, And then, no... Nope. You just get a song, and you move on. <laughs> what caught me off guard, though, is that that scene happens, and then the movie's over. But, like, they don't end the movie. No. They, no. like, they have the Jesus times. Yeah. In the Brock Church, a thousand miles up the hill. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ghost Meryl sings her song. And then retreats into the yep. abyss. And then there's a very stark cut. And then a bunch of people show up in jumpsuits and sing ABBA. Which is the best part. It's always. And then they get, like, many verses into the song. And then the credits start to roll. Yep. And, and I texted it. Kelsey and I was like, so I guess the movie's over now. <laughs> she was like you have to hold out for the credit sequence and so i'm watching this the jumpsuits happen oh oh I, yeah i didn't know for a minute there that was the credit sequence <laughs> my favorite part about that one is that it's not because of the way they deploy it it's not in like past the credits where like anything goes it's still in the linear like yes line of the movie but they're just like fuck it, and they put, like, Meryl Streep's there, and then, like, young Meryl's there, and old Colin Firth, and young Colin Firth, and everyone just mingles. <laughs> they all sing to each other. It's incredible. <laughs> it's so good. And really, every time you see the old fathers and the young fathers together in one shot, it is art. Oh, it's the best fucking part of this movie. Whoever was on the casting team deserves a fucking Oscar. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they even have an Oscar for casting, but, like, by golly, they should. <laughs> Just for this movie. Just for this movie. Like, a one-time Oscar. Ugh. Like, 
I don't think I'd watch this one as much as I would rewatch the first one that I will continue to rewatch many times. Agreed. Well, because the first one has that, like, that feeling where it ends and you just feel, like, high on life. Because you're like, what the fuck just happened to me? Right. (laughs) That is the moment when you connect to the spirit of Hate Watch. It is. That is when the spirit of Hate Watch flows through you. Hate Watch can be nice and full of joy. Oh, so much joy. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that was the thing we tried to describe in our first ever episode of this podcast, was that, like, hate watching requires an element of delight. Oh, yeah. If there's no delight, then you just kind of, like, are just watching something you don't like. Right. But you have to, like, secretly like it. Right. And there's, like, a lot of different ways to delight in something, which is why we can watch something that we genuinely hate and still have fun with it. Right. Re-Game of Thrones. But this is, like, something we genuinely like in some way. (laughs) Yeah, this is something where, like... Like, not in every part of my brain, but in part of my brain. Oh, yeah, like, if you were to put me in an MRI while watching this movie, you'd be seeing neurons lighting up all over the place. Mm Mm-hmm. There, it... Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, something that it hits within you where, like, if you wanted to talk about cinematography or scoring or, like the technical aspects of making a movie, they kind of did. Or just, like, storytelling. (laughs) You know, storytelling didn't cross my mind, which tells you. Yeah, fair, 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 fair. How they're accomplishing storytelling. I forgot that this, that this was supposed to have narrative. Yeah. Because it's just an ABBA delivery mechanism. It's really all anyone asked for. It's true. It's just, like, Like, let me tell you a thing about escapism in Trump's America. Right. It's made up of Mamma Mia and Hallmark Christmas movies. (laughs) That's all we have, guys. That's all that's left. (laughs) I do wish that Meryl had come on on this journey of Here We Go Again instead of Cher. Agreed. Like, we wouldn't have needed Cher if we had Meryl. We didn't need Cher at all. I feel like they just needed, like, a through line of Sophie trying to discover who she was. Yeah. You know, because that's what the whole first movie was, but now she knows who her dads are. Right. Oh, there's a really great scene when they go um, up the stairs to Jesus. Yeah. Where all three <laughs> of the dads are arguing over whose features the kid has. Mm-hmm. It is good. <laughs> my my favorite part of the fact that Meryl didn't come back is that she came back for two different songs. Yes. So clearly... She was like, I don't feel like committing to an entire filming schedule. But I'll take that Greek vacation with the wine coolers. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, there's no way no one signed up for this movie without knowing that they were getting a Greek vacation. Oh, for sure. That's like 90% of why you go. I feel like if you were to look at her contract that she signed to be on this movie, instead of her signature on the line, it would just say FOMO. (laughs) Right. (laughs) it's the same thing (laughs) like I had FOMO oh for sure I want nothing more in this life than to be on set when they filmed both editions of Dancing Queen yes I would like skip with a scarf above my head oh for sure I can twirl (laughs) I can twirl (laughs) (laughs) I did contra dancing in high school I can twirl like a mo. Oh my god. <laughs> There's wow. a lot you don't know about my life. There's a lot. <laughs> uh, I can do group choreography on a dock. Yeah. Yeah. It would be great. <laughs> oh, so that was an adventure. It was so beautiful. Do yourselves a favor, because there are stressful times ahead, like the holidays are coming, you're going to need a break. Watch these movies. If you can, watch them close together, because that feels really good. It does feel good. They're different, but, like, give yourself a day. Don't watch them back to back. No, 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 don't watch them in the same night. I watched mine a week apart, and that was that was good. Yeah. I liked that that staging. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to watch it again. Because I really live for when they put Pierce Brosnan in, like, 80s drag. (laughs) Yes! 
<laughs> it's so good. In the first movie, when they do the flashbacks, they just dress the old actors like the young actors. That's also my favorite. Oh, it's so pure. It's amazing. It's everything I could want and more. Like, just when you think that they've done everything you want, they come out with that at the end. And you're like, oh, It's so fucking extra. It is! This whole movie is extra. All of it. <laughs> so, the, the um, deliverables coming out of this episode for mm-hmm. you, the listener, is to watch Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, the uh, YouTube cut of ABBA's performance of Waterloo at Eurovision, mm-hmm. which is the year that they won, yeah. and also to just listen to some fucking ABBA on Spotify. Yeah, it's pretty good. Just swallow your goddamn pride. Listen to some ABBA. Like, just do ABBA gold. You don't need everything. No, you don't need it all. That's what Mamma Mia Here We Go Again is for. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, yeah. So speaking of good, I was planning to do intermission, but now I'm going to do it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, our super secret bonus episode within an episode. Yeah, bonus episode, because I lost my shit today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, like, tempted to publish this early so that it's so relevant, because it is so good. It's so good. It's time for the Outlander episode you didn't know you were getting. A podcast Um, within an episode. Yes. So today, (laughs) um, Sam Huon randomly decided, not randomly, intentionally decided. (laughs) This was like very, very well orchestrated, my friend. Very well orchestrated. Um, he launched a new contest slash fundraiser for his charity CrossFit charity. (laughs) I was like, there's a word there. I used it. Um, And (laughs) the premise is that you can be his date. (laughs) His Sassanac. Yeah. For one incredible night in Scotland. And you get to ride in a horse-drawn carriage together. Which seems unnecessary, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. And then you get a whiskey tasting. If if you want to. They keep saying, if you want. (laughs) You get the drink of your choice. You do. Um... And then you get to sit together at the gala for this charity CrossFit. (laughs) And then you get to have a personal training session and a scenic hike. And (laughs) first of all, a man knows his audience. Oh my god. They are sold out currently. This went on sale today. They are sold out of at least, it was either $1,000 or $2,000 donations. Oh my god. To get a signed Outlander script and 1,000 or 2,000 entries into this contest. So, dear lord. Um, <laughs> so the the video that went along with this <laughs> is him on a hilltop in a kilt. In a modern day kilt. Yes, a modern day kilt. Oh, there's audio. I just got <laughs> oh boy distracted. <laughs> I wasn't ready for the audio. Um... Yeah, so he's, like, doing his thing. He does some serious Je suis pray eyebrows. Yeah, so many faces. And then on the website, there's the, <laughs> these graphics. <laughs> and one of them is him with whiskey with a card that says, Date night, you in? <laughs> and then the other one is him with a cutout, like, shape of a person, and it says, This could be you. <laughs> website copy (laughs) oh my god please dear lord tell me you're about to read this word for word i'm so ready i'm holding my wine all right okay (laughs) don't be afraid there's the two of you now (laughs) you and sam hewan and you're going on an incredible Pinch me, I'm dreaming date in Scotland. But you're not dreaming. In fact, you've never felt more awake. <laughs> because. Because. 
plays Jamie Fraser knows how to treat a date, and tonight you're his Sassanac. Sam's going to pick you up in a horse-drawn carriage and whisk you away to a gorgeous Scotland castle where you'll get to know each other over fine whiskey or the drink of your choice and intimate conversation. (laughs) After a wee dram or two, Sam will take you dot 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 into the ballroom for the annual My Peak Challenge Gala to celebrate the night away together. You'll wake up the next morning with one thought in your head. Claire who? (laughs) Flights and hotel included. (laughs) Like, they're promising and also not promising a lot here. I've never felt more alive than I have reading this copy. (laughs) And I was in the middle of a furniture store. (laughs) There was nothing I could do. Meanwhile, I'm at my desk, like, giggling to myself. (laughs) I'm sitting on a floor model of a sleeper sofa. walking around saying things to me about fabric or something. <laughs> and this was happening to us. And this was happening. <laughs> I just can't. It's so much better to hear it out loud. I like couldn't deal... And then there was, like, an Instagram post, and I just... Oh, my God. <sighs> did so many eyebrows. <laughs> so, if you want to support our podcast, you can enter us to win this contest. find that in the show notes <laughs> for those who don't know what we're referring to uh, it's not a bad time to deploy it uh, but for real this contest is on omaze you can find it you've gotta find it you've gotta find it. donations start at ten dollars for a hundred entries so it could be reasonable we don't ask you for money ever ever this is your time to show us your support <laughs> And I guess to support Charity CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they cro- they fund something. Uh, <laughs> their exercise. <laughs> it's going to like people with blood cancer. I apparently, it was cancer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs>
Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, so. Oh, my God. Seek that out. <gasps> do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't. It's too funny. Oh, no. I just opened my eyes for the first time in this segment. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> um, um, yeah, if you enjoyed this episode... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for, <laughs> for everything you do. Um, yeah, you can tell us that you've entered us in this contest <laughs> at Twitter at Hate Watch with us, or send us an email to tell us. That you donated $25 to get us 250 entries at heywatchwithus at gmail.com. <laughs> if you donate $50 to get 1,000 entries, please also leave us an iTunes review and tell us that. Uh, or you can just keep listening. We're everywhere you find podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um we're Casey's <laughs> broken. I'm too far gone. Um we're members of the Thought Bubble audience audio audience. <laughs> Whatever, it's the same. <laughs> I mean we are. We do listen to this show. Yeah. <laughs> We're part of the Thought also, Bubble family. We're, yeah, we we podcast with them. Yep, that's what we've done. Uh, <laughs> they don't usually beg you to enter them in Sam Hewen date night concert contest, but you know yeah. you, you can find them too. They have good shows. Their crowdfunding happens on Patreon. Yes, it does. Where your money will go to continue creating content, <laughs> like this content. <laughs> We're like sorry. <laughs> so, I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> oh, God, we gotta shut it down. <laughs> we gotta shut it down. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for listening. This is Top of Audio Network. You can find them on the internet. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Please, I can't have it all every time I watch content. <laughs> but you should have it all every time you watch Mamma Mia. <laughs> that would make me way too powerful. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Imagine if I was a woman who had it all and had it all while watching Mamma Mia. <laughs> I think we finally have a pull quote. Finally. <laughs> it only took four goddamn weeks. Jesus. <laughs>